Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelswick, seated across the table from one Mr. Matt Drury. Hello, hello. And we also have Jared Lurk in with us in studio today. It's a party. It's a party and we have a party of three mm-hmm. and we're going to hit on a topic of food plots again this week and uh, I think it's pretty timely because a lot of guys are, you know, a lot of guys plant spring plots. Yes, uh, we, right. I haven't ever really done that before. I've kind of done some uh, frost seeding, seeding, but never actually planted in the spring. I usually wait till summertime. So it's a timely topic anyways. And and I know like our question of the day doesn't necessarily get into this, but a lot of folks, you know, we don't talk much about food plots for turkeys and and that's a factor. And some people hunt over food plots. And we, you know, Mark and I were talking about chufa. And that was, a, I'd never heard of the mm-hmm. chufa plant, period. So that was a new one to me. But there's a whole world about wildlife word of the day chufa. <laughs> <laughs> I think, correct if I'm wrong, but I think chufa is like a southern thing. Like like a lot of folks from the south, I that think hunt turkeys so. hunt, over tur- hunt over chufa. And, and uh, I think a strategy kind of for a lot of turkey hunters is if you have a control burn, you know, mm. this is the time of year to kind of start thinking yep. or doing your control mm-hmm. burn. And then by the time the spring turkey season gets here, that new growth is about perfect where they're picking, you know, well, is that timing right? Yeah. It's that new growth or maybe you wait a little bit. It's close. Little, little well, this spring is going to be later than normal, but uh, last couple of weeks in March to first part of April is when you would burn. Yep. Yeah. I hunted a place like that uh, last year. How and they it? did not get the timing right, and it oh, was like barren land. Turkey hunting in Chernobyl. Yes, yes. <laughs> was, yeah, was right. It's black a fine line. So they had just burned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there was nothing around except for rocks and trees. Yeah, nothing for them to pick at because that's what right. they do. They'll come in and pick that new growth. Yep, and and they'll spend a lot of time in those yes. burnt fields. Yeah, you just gotta have something growing there. Yeah, I actually have a secret for how you kill turkeys. You just hunt with Mark. Yeah, that's well, my secret. Well, it's funny <laughs> because since I stopped hunting with Mark, you know, like we used to all hunt out of dad. Success camp. rates kind of yeah. going. I'd never kill turkeys ah. anymore because I'm hunting with dad. <laughs> and the aggressive nature is totally uh, different. Yeah. Versus my success rate is pretty high uh, because I've been with Mark the last yeah. 12, 15 years. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, I used to always go up there for opening day of Missouri season, and and we at camp we'd always figure <laughs> out who you'd have to, you know, there's like I remember, eight yeah. people in camp or whatever, so it's like, hey, who's going with who? Sure. And I always you you could we could do a game, draw you know paper rock scissors, draw mm-hmm. a card, whatever, and finally I was just like, I'm gonna go with Mark. I got about a day here, two days. Let's just <laughs> got to make this happen. Let's make it happen. And it was always like right off the roost opening morning. Since I stopped doing that, it's I'm. It's like every other year I might kill a turkey, might kill a turkey. I remember in sixth grade, my dad started, because we we squirrel hunted a lot growing up. We didn't have turkeys around us in north central Illinois at the time. And we he would, so in sixth grade, he let me start squirrel hunting by myself, which really meant he would walk down to the other side of the pasture and I would sit by myself under an oak tree and I would never kill anything until he came back. And then he'd be like, oh, there's one right there. <laughs> and what we found out was I just needed glasses. Like I straight up <laughs> couldn't see the turkeys in the tree until I found, or the, the Squirrels in the tree until I finally get I'm glasses. blaming the turkey dirt that we're on. That's what they keep. Because Comstock, Kilmer, <laughs> yep. and Dad, the, literally the last three or four years, it's been so tough up there in our area in North Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's like the the bird population has declined 
drastically, frankly. In Missouri, and in Missouri in particular, it seems like the turkey population's down compared to what it was ten to fifteen years. And ago. we got a lot of predation there too. I mean, we got a coon problem, and coons are hard on turkeys. Yeah, They're hard on their so, nests. People think coyotes are are bad on turkeys, but raccoons no, really. Yeah. So I mean, it, I think it's been. I think there's a lot. You know, they talk about the uh, the price of of pelts or whatever. You know, fur bearing prices yeah. gone way down, and that's affected the amount of people that have go out and trap or yep. do whatever. You mm-hmm. know, uh, so I, I think it's kind of a perfect storm and, and a couple bad springs for hatches and and this and that. So it's just been tough up there lately, and that's part of Mark's other reason for breaking camp. He he went to where the turkeys are. He, he's got a pretty short attention span. And so, you know, spending one, you know, one day or two days or a week or a spring where the turkeys aren't, he he won't do it. Yep. It's the, I read a book a long time ago and it said, what is the number one thing? If you ask a fisherman, he needs to catch big fish. You have to catch where the, you have to fish where the big fish are. Yeah. Turkeys. You're not going to kill turkeys if they aren't there and they aren't gobbling. Yeah. Yep. So. That's right. You know, well, I'm hoping for a better, better story to tell after that. I didn't kill one last year. So. When when are you gonna? Do you have your your weekends lined out? When you know, uh, it's a little tougher this year because we got I got a few things had an appearance I got to go to in Springfield uh, for Bass Pro in Leopold, and I got uh, a few other things that we're trying to time it out with um, with the Illinois season. I forget which season it is over there, but the group of us we got Dad and I got a lease over there. And the deer hunting wasn't so great. We found eight, I think, Forrest Terry's uh, farm guy found eight dead bucks and eight dead does shed hunting it last week. And that's just one guy hunting, you know. So who knows how many there were. Or there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, so so we're – Is he thinking the HD? Oh, it's 100. We knew it as it was happening. We knew it in the summer. Yeah, Dad was smelling – he could smell – you know, he's got a good sniffer. He's got crappy eyesight, but he's got a good sniffer. He does have a good nose. He uh, he could smell just dead animals there in August, and he he had that concern. And when we hunted there, you just – we weren't seeing any deer. Ghost town. Any deer. And so, anyways, the point was we're going to try to mark and Wade and Coon Dog and everybody got tags – for Illinois, I still I'm I missed the deadline, so I'm hoping that I can buy one over the counter. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna try to get together and hunt over there okay. and, and slaughter the turkeys yeah. if we can because you got to try to get a return or investment for your for your lease and uh, it was tough for the deer, so we're gonna see how we do for the turkey. Yeah, but they they it may be tough for turkeys because they had a you know anywhere you got EHD you got a bad predator problem too. Correct. Sure. So. Um, Force has been over there trying to kill some coyotes too. I know. Okay. Wow. So we'll so, see. So your dad's like the kid from the Sixth Sense. He's yeah. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. It's totally. a crappy superpower He's, to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, speaking of superpowers, one of our super deer casters, Sam Steyer, um, left us a question. So that becomes our question of the day. All right. The question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here. Hi, my name is Sam Stair from Syracuse, New York. My question is, if you could plant one food plot crop per year, what would you plant and why? Based on food nutrition and or the attraction to it. Thanks. Jared kind of teased this before the show. He said that he had a an answer that would probably surprise us. Well, let's hear it then, Jared. Well... Th- no matter where you're at in this country, 
I don't think you can ever go wrong with having a 100% clover food plot yeah. strategy, mm. particularly clover plus or non-typical clover from biologic. Yeah. Like in, in there, so his question was the why. So I'm going to answer the why okay. I say clover. Partial, partially, clover is the first thing to green up in the spring. And what do they need? First thing to green up, particularly after a terrible winter like we've had in the Midwest here where there's snow on top of snow on top of it will not get warm, et cetera, et cetera. Clover is the first thing to green up. So they can immediately get the correct nutrition, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, all those things to put on <clears throat> antlers. And that's the key. Health, not na- not necessarily antlers, but health of the herd. And how do you determine health of the herd? Well, are the deer reaching maximum genetic potential from an antler perspective? Are the does having uh, the maximum number of fawns they can have? Mm-hmm. Are the fawns being born at the right time? Are they not premature? Are they avoiding predation? Are they healthy enough to avoid predation? All those things. And I think the number one factor as to why I choose that food plot is overall herd health. And yeah. that's clover. The other reason I picked clover is uh, I remember 2012 when we had a significant drought in Iowa. It looked like it does now, a barren ground, everything was dry. You knew you couldn't plant fall food plots because they weren't going to grow. It just was not going to rain and didn't. So what was the strategy for clover? Well, there are a couple people online saying, don't fill your sprayers, don't do this, don't do that, because it takes too much water to make a food plot green. And I thought, well, but it's no different than a plant. Like, my acre doesn't need to be green, but I need 15 spots out there to be green to, to get the, sure. the herd healthy. Just take 15 five-gallon buckets of water. They'll fit in the back of a truck and dump it out once every four to five days. Like if you're that ate up with whitetails, which at the time I was, Mm -hmm. and I had weird looking green plots in my clover, but guess what? It was the hottest food plot in Decatur County, Iowa, simply Mm -hmm. because I dumped probably 35 gallons of water on a spot over the course of four weeks. And I had a green food plot. That's how I created it. And clover's pretty hardy. I mean, uh, it, yes to and no. Some of the other plants are it, out there. A, it, a drought, no. Like mm-hmm. like alfalfa is extremely hard, hardy in drought conditions, but alfalfa is very difficult to grow if it's not drought conditions. Like too much water is bad on alfalfa. So long story short, yes, clover is actually the easiest to grow. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't have to be a top-tier farmer to get clover, clover to grow. The, the key is you do have to mow it. We were talking in another episode about if your food plot looks awesome and the flowers have heads on them and it looks so lush you could eat it like a salad, it's probably not serving you the purpose it needs. You need to mow it and cut it short. I don't know why, but what I do know is the shorter it is and the new growth, whitetails love it to death. So one of, one of the strategies I've implemented recently is have a big clover plot and say your blind's right here, you want to mow within bow range of your clover plots three acres big yeah. uh, the week before the season or 10 days before the season starts so that fresh growth puts them within bow range, if that makes sense. Like gotcha. You can actually manipulate your clover plot to your advantage. The, the, the detriment, like the one negative to clover is, it goes dormant around the frosts. So that's actually where biologic kicks in real well. So my thought is if you just had one food plot to plant, you'd want it to be clover plus mm-hmm. because chicory's in there. And I think the chicory is a little more frost tolerant than the clover okay. is. So you get a little more time out of that plot. Yep, correct. And then, so let's talk about soil preparation. What does clover need? What doesn't it need? Uh, so my simple answer to that is hire Dan Thurston. And if you can't do that, <laughs> uh, which I've done. So I planted clover plots six years ago. Okay. Dan did it. He planted them for me. I was really busy. We had a new baby, all these things. So if you don't have Dan Thurston at your disposal, which not many people do here's how you do it so you take a soil test soil test is paramount right like make the biggest key is make sure the ph is 
within the neutral range somewhere around seven. And it, mm -hmm. in, in a pH scale is very much like a Richter scale for earthquakes. Sure. Every point one is almost a thousand times magnitude greater than the decimal point below it. So if you're like, okay, it needs to be seven, 8.1 is not that far away. 8.1 is terrible. 6.1 is terrible. Yeah. Correct. Right. It's not horseshoes or grenades. So get the pH right, put a little bit of triple 13 on it as well as lime realize that it takes lime three to four months to fully go to work so you can't get a soil test in september plant your clover plot and it be acidic and expect that lime to go to work by the time yeah. season comes you're looking at next year before that actually works yeah. so in the spring disc it cultivate it cultipack it plant it cultipack it again and with clover that's it for then then and uh, probably 60 to 75 days later, maybe longer, depending on rains, 90 days, you need to mow it. Then you need to mow it again. And then probably a third time you need to mow it. Like the biggest okay. thing with the clover plot is maintenance. Like that's the issue. Weeds but will eat you alive. They will. The weeds will eat you alive. The grasses will eat you alive. I, you know, so like, okay, I don't have a tractor, Jared. We need it. It's going to take longer, mm -hmm. but like Doc Haskell, he does not have equipment. So I helped him plant clover plots or uh, gave him an individual that helped him. And then he'll spend six to seven hours weed eating his clover plot. But that's, he loves it. Yeah. He has time to do it. And then guess what? When he weed eats that clover plot, October 1st, and his son's mm -hmm. rifle hunting in Southern Missouri, uh, um, October 28th, he's got the hottest plot on the farm because he, because he weed eated it and the new growth. Yep. And what, what I mean by weed eating is not cutting the weeds, but like cut your cut your plot with a weed eater. Yeah, yeah. So what about daylight requirements for a clover? Can you stick a clover plot back in the woods it where you only get sun. noon? Okay. No. Um, if 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 it's back in the woods, you need to clear you need to clear the trees out of it. Not necessarily so much because of the sun, but because of the roots of the oak trees are going to take the moisture away from it. It won't grow. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if you plant a clover plot right up against a tree line, mm -hmm. those 10 to 15 feet next to the tree line are not going to look as good as if you're 50 feet out into the clover field gotcha. outside of the tree line. So move the trees back with a excavator, high lift bulldozer or chainsaw, mm -hmm. depending on what's at your disposal, make sure it gets sunlight and then realize that around the edges where the trees still are, that's not going to grow that okay. well because of the root system of the trees. Okay. And then kind of uh, thinking about a clover plot over time, they, if I'm not mistaken, they nitrify the soil. Mm -hmm. To a degree. So would you continue to put clover in the same plot year after year, oh, or would you so, try to rotate? Yeah, yeah. So, yes. So Dan planted those plots six years ago, and I've done very little to them since. Hmm. Um, every once in a while, I frost seed them about this time of year, yep, February. Every other year, February, I frost seed them. And honestly, I think you can seed them in front of a rain, too, Like just like you would uh, plant a fall plot. Sure. The frost works a little better, but the rain will take it down just as well. So if you frost seed them or plant clover on top of a rain, you want to cut the rate back. I think it's a third. If it's bare dirt and you're establishing a, mm -hmm. a plot, go with what the back of the package subscribes. But if you're frost seeding, you cut the seed number that needs within a, to a third because the clover's already there. So to go back to what I was saying, Dan planted them six years ago. I haven't touched them since really. Mm. Uh, maybe three years ago, I fertilized them and limed them, and that's it other than cutting them three or four times a year depending on the amount of moisture and what they look like. So especially if you kind of have a small operation or have to be very mm -hmm. nimble in your whitetail hunting, a clover pot sounds like it's a pretty – 
pretty good option for most guys. It is guys. a lot, a lot of because of the equipment side of it. Like if you don't, which we don't have, I don't have any equipment either. So I'm always even either hiring or borrowing yep. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So putting a clover plot in, it makes the most sense because once it's established, it's not that hard. You just got to maintain. Yeah, and just mow it. yeah, e- even if you have a significant mm-hmm. white-tail herd, don't think that they're going to keep that plot mowed off because they're they're not. Mm-hmm. Unless you're raising cattle. You're going to have to mow it. So how do you do that? If Like a lot of people, I don't have the means. Rent the equipment. <clears throat> There's all kinds of rental shops all around this country that will rent you what you need to mow, yeah. mow a clover plot. And what is too tall for a clover? Um, probably eight inches. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that Turkeys like it like that. Um, but the, the example I was going to use, like results speak for, speak for themselves. Ten years ago, I specifically remember having the conversation with Greg Glessinger, and he made the comment, I've never seen on video many people killing giant deer over a clover plot. That fall, Mark killed one on a clover plot, and Greg and I revisited that conversation, and guess what? On Greg's farm, he's got clover all over the place because it contributes to herd health, first thing to green up, uh, healthy fawns, et cetera, et cetera, everything we've already said. And if I'm not mistaken, he arrowed extra innings who just left his – clover plot like he killed the biggest deer in drew outdoors history in october coming off of a clover plot and if you had access to his trail cameras and and looked at the pictures my guess is that deer was there all summer long because i know that we should ask for access yeah (laughs) show us your secrets greg the the the, i have clover plots big white tails if you mow them and keep up with them and get timely rains they're on them a lot um because they are growing and putting on muscle mass and their testosterone levels are rising during that mid Septemberish period all the way till October 28th through the 30th. Like, and those green food sources like clover come in really handy during that period. Yeah. That's a pretty strong recommendation for clover. (laughs) Mark, I mean, Mark would echo every sentiment he's saying. It's just something that has worked well. Yeah. And 10 years ago, I don't know that that was our strategy. Like it's no. something we've evolved to you learn. over the yeah. last decade. Yeah. yeah. But if you're listening to this, go, oh my gosh, the juries and Jared are planting clover everywhere. And we are like yeah. Matt mentioned in another episode, I acquired a new farm in Southwest Missouri. It's a big farm. It's a big project. I'm putting in 20 acres of food. 15 of that's clover. Five yeah. of beans. Walk on in this the whole walk. Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Sam. And I'm excited about that. Cool. Sam is from New York. So, you know, the soil that he has out there sure. is much different than likely what we have here in, in the Midwest. Yeah. So clover may be a great option for him. Great. Yes. I think right. no matter where you're at in this country, uh, clover is a great option from what I understand. You should. You should work for the Clover Council. Hmm. <laughs> you guys ready for white or for uh, – I, I don't even know the name of it. It's so it's new. It's your thing. Wild you created li- it. Wild, Words with friends. Wildlife <laughs> work. Now you're really going to screw me up. Are you ready for wildlife work? Yeah, let's see how I do okay. this week. <laughs> All right, let's see if you guys can avoid – because I think you guys are going to go like 12-year-old boy on this one. Mm. So the term is erector pili. Mm. Yeah, I – my mind when you said twelve year old boy was thinking I was thinking I was a pervert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As all twelve year old boys are. Yeah. So the erector pillow Erector these, pillow. These <laughs> these are the you know how like turkeys will strut up and the their their feathers will puff up. Mm-hmm. Same thing with deer when they get rutted out, when they bristle up. Yeah. Uh, when we get goosebumps, these are the small muscles that are attached to the skin that raise up. And they cause whether their hair or their <laughs> feathers attached to them or just the skin, they cause goosebumps and they cause 
erections. In the hair. In a manner of speaking, (laughs) Matt Drury. Nice job. Well, hey. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So that's your uh, wildlife word for the day. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. Uh, That one I might remember. (laughs) Crepuscular was last week. Yeah, well, that one I already... That's... It's gone. (laughs) It's just like school, I only got so much up here. (laughs) So much bandwidth. storage and and erecti pili I can remember. You remember that one. Put that in the gray matter. Yeah, so make sure you tune in next week for... uh, Next week's word is considerably longer. Can't wait. (laughs) I bet you can't. Well, uh, thanks again to Sam for uh, for submitting the question. We appreciate it. If you want to submit a question for us to answer on the air, just go to dreoutdoors.com slash podcast and click on the send voicemail tab. Leave us a quick message with your name, your location, what your question is. We'll do our best to answer it on the air. And if we do answer it on the air, you will get a Drury Outdoors ball cap sent to you. Absolutely. And while you're checking things out, if you're over on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel or in DOD, TV on uh, DeerCast. We have a couple new series. We've got the AVNX Turkey Tour. We have this new top 10 list that we're, we're putting together. And uh, we have this really cool thing with Mark and Terry where we sat them down on a, uh, and showed them really old footage. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just whatever. And we got their kind of uh, their first reactions to it, if something ever, they hadn't seen in a long, long if, time. If you've ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's like that. I have not. <laughs> Nor have I. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take your word take, on that, Tim. But uh, I, I assume that one of those should be get coming out here. By the time this podcast goes up, I would think one of those with Mark and Terry will be hitting here soon. So you got to keep an eye out for that. And Subscribe I think, to our YouTube channel. and you'll Absolutely. And I think we're going to start doing gear reviews and all kinds of cool stuff. I like the idea. What's that called? I don't remember. We Mossy Oak Moments. Oh, oh. that's right. Mossy Oak nice. Moments. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and so the, you just the, go look at, show them old footage. Dude, it was hilarious. Oh, we I were bet. cracking up, man. And... and it was supposed to be there was supposed to be a lot of other fun stuff that was involved, but we went to lunch and they never came back. Never came back. <laughs> they never came back. So we didn't quite get it in before turkey season started. So, so if you like what you see that's, awesome. when, that's what when it's when like Ma- dealing with Mark and Terry. <laughs> you just never watch know. Come back to work. And yeah, they they set the schedule. But if you like Mossy Oak moments as is, I think it's only gonna get better. Oh, it's gonna get better. It's and they enjoyed it. The the key with those two, because they could be curmudgeons there's a white tail word of the day it's just a word of the day (laughs) look that one up and uh they were all in on it like they actually really really enjoyed it and it was gonna you know as the studio guys as the editors come up with these things it's like oh it's gonna be hit or miss if they don't like it it's gonna suck but if they really liked it and which they did and they got into it it made it really entertaining walk down memory lane yeah yeah it was fun so, so so stay tuned. I mean, we're YouTube, Deercast. There's yeah, and of, of course, all the social media platforms. Yep. As always, don't forget we're giving away a farm this year, 2019. It's our 30th anniversary, and we literally bought 60 acres to just give it away. So Jared knows all about that piece, and it's a cool, cool piece. We should have talked about that, frankly. I have a farm. Like, I'm going to keep forever. That's going to be Henry's Farm. That's 10 miles north of there. I love that area. Putnam County, Putnam right? County. Yeah. Yes, it's beautiful. off the grid, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere, northwest Missouri, or north central Missouri, and I love Putnam. Yeah. Turkey, deer galore. So, it's a good little spot, and it's yours 
somebody out there, you know, a fan or whoever, just going to win this thing. So uh, in the meantime, you could also win all kinds of cool uh, prizes from our sponsors all the way up to that point. So you every en- month, enter in on DeerCast, you enter in once, and you're automatically entered for every giveaway. And we got some cool ones coming up where we're talking about planting. We're giving away RTP drill, an implement, or it's awesome. a uh, Genesis, I believe. Yeah. And so we're giving that away here in the next month or two. So I think that's May. Yeah. So all kinds of cool stuff, man. It's it's exciting. It's to hard do. to keep track of. There's so there's so many things going on right now that we're putting out. But uh, but but hopefully, you know, all with the hope, all with the, the idea of helping people become better at what they do. That's right. Correct if I'm wrong. If you enter to win the farm, you're entered for all these things. That's right. Once a month, right? That's Which right. Which is like unparalleled. In the outdoor industry, yeah. you can enter one time and win something once a month, ultimately being a farm. And literally, that same guy could win. You know, the odds are not in your favor, right, but right. some guy mm-hmm. could win every prize and the farm. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you're not disqualified for the farm if you won a monthly prize. So awesome. It's cool, man. I mean, it's over $130,000 worth of prizes between the farm and the and the giveaways. And so. it really does show just how supportive our sponsors are. True. Yeah. I mean, they really are partners with us in this because they're – they're you know doing the the monthly giveaways yep it's exciting so anyways go check it out sign up you have nothing to lose literally nothing that's right all right all right speaking of nothing to lose thanks for watching (laughs) that's (laughs) well maybe (laughs) all right till next time peace